to the Publisher Book Podcast, where we speak with authors from around the world to find out how they transform their dream into a published reality. Here's your host, Adam Ashton. I've just spoken with Chris J. Reed, the author of LinkedIn Mastery for Entrepreneurs. Now, that book is out of 55,000 books about LinkedIn on Amazon, this is the number one, <laughs> the number one best LinkedIn book out there. So that's uh, an impressive title in itself. Chris Reed, he's the uh, the founder and CEO of Black Marketing, which is a NASDAQ-listed uh, LinkedIn marketing company, uh, focusing on getting people's LinkedIn right, making LinkedIn effective, and using it to really build your personal brand. So we start this conversation with the absolute basics of what is LinkedIn, and we ramp it up through all the things that you need to have in your profile, how to fix your profile, and we work towards the end to some uh, some of the paid premium services like Sales Navigator, which sounds absolutely amazing. I've never used before. So I think if you're listening to this, take some notes on, on how you can improve your LinkedIn profile. If you're not on LinkedIn, absolutely get on it for sure. Uh, and yeah, I hope you really enjoyed this convo. I need to quickly go away and fix my LinkedIn profile because <laughs> there's plenty of things I'm doing wrong. So enjoy this conversation with Chris J. Reed, the only NASDAQ-listed CEO with a mohawk, the author of LinkedIn Mastery for Entrepreneurs. Uh, you ready to get stuck in? Yep, I'm indeed. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, today I'm with uh, Chris J. Reed. The absolute LinkedIn master. So, Chris, thanks for joining me. Can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm uh, Chris J. Reed. I'm the only CEO with a mohawk, especially the only NASDAQ-listed CEO with a mohawk. Uh, today, it's red, blue. I was going to say. Uh, sorry, red. It's red <laughs> today. It's red and today. it's uh, blue on my book. Uh, the blue one because it's LinkedIn blue to tie in with the book. Uh, and very much about using – we do personal branding. We do company branding. We do social selling. And we make thought leaders on LinkedIn of CEOs, entrepreneurs – um, across the world. We have many clients in Melbourne, in Sydney, uh, other parts of Australia, but also places like Singapore, Shanghai, Hong Kong. Um, and I'm in, currently in uh, New York. We have clients over here. We have clients in America. Uh, we have clients in Europe as well. So it's really much a global phenomenon about how you can use LinkedIn basically to enhance your personal branding. Fantastic. And uh, I don't know too many LinkedIn experts, but every time uh, I just see Chris J. Reid everywhere. That's the idea, mate. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the other thing is uh, you're, you seem to be in a different city, different city every week as well. <laughs> I was in Melbourne last week, so yes, yeah. you're right. I literally got off a plane, I think, Saturday morning uh, from Melbourne to Singapore where I live, yeah. where my headquarters is, and I got a plane the next day to New York and yeah. we have our founders meeting here. I've got a week of meetings and uh, workshops and that kind of thing here before I go back to Singapore next week. I much prefer Singapore, I have to say, because it's too fucking cold here. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so your uh, your company Black Marketing, you said Nasdaq listed, so uh, must be pretty big. Yeah. No, not really. No, because we did it through an agglomeration, which is basically we we did a roll up. So it's basically four companies came together a year ago to form the marketing group, which floats on Nasdaq. Oh, nice. And then we bought another thirteen companies since then. So we're now about seventeen companies strong. And our share price has gone up from valuing the whole group at about two hundred fifty million uh, euros. It's turned, currently it's worth about fifty million euros. So it's going up and down. Um, and so, obviously, it's it's one of those stock market things. So it'll go up again and go down again and go up again, and yeah. <laughs> hopefully stay up this time. So, yeah, for sure. But and I know you said you you started in about 2014, just yourself and your laptop. 
and uh you've grown that, you've grown that to how many at the moment in the book i read 35 we have 25 people we have 25, 25. people in singapore and uh, we have about 100 clients and we're quite select about who we take on because one they need to be able to afford us and yep. two they need to actually understand the benefits of doing linkedin basically which is a lot of people just don't get yeah and don't understand it at all they can do it themselves and they, they can't basically <laughs> yeah for sure i just realized we're a couple of minutes in i've even said the title of your book linkedin mastery for entrepreneurs uh, which is uh, indeed yeah. the best-selling book about LinkedIn in the world. Uh, Apparently, yeah. Amazon told me that of the fifty-five thousand books about LinkedIn written on Amazon.com, uh, LinkedIn Mastery for Entrepreneurs is actually number one. I've actually got screen grabs of it beating people like Donald Trump and Elon Musk and Steve Jobs. <laughs> that's that's awesome. fine with me. <laughs> that's absolutely bloody awesome. <laughs> well, let's. Uh, I reckon we'll start the LinkedIn conversation at a very, very basic level and sort of and ramp our way up. So for an, an absolute basic, what is LinkedIn if anyone doesn't know what it is yet? <laughs> LinkedIn <laughs> is basically a peer-to-peer network in a business context. So it's basically Facebook for business. And it's really important people understand it's not a place you can be anonymous. You have to put your company name, you have to put people who you are. And basically everyone knows who you are, everyone knows people who know who you are. So you can't be derogatory, you can't be anonymous. You you have to think about what you say. You have to think about how you come across both from your your personal brand point of view, but also your company point of view. So it makes people think about what they share, what they say, what they do. So you get more civilized debate on LinkedIn as a result of it. And it's more of a business context than you would do something like Facebook or Twitter. Uh huh. Very nice. And uh, how many people are on LinkedIn? Obviously, it's growing all the time. So, five hundred and fifty million in the world. And interestingly, Australia is about ten million people. For example, it's quite saturated when it comes to professionals. Mm. But in Asia, Asia Pac, where obviously I I, I spend the, uh, most of my time in Asia Pacific in terms of Singapore. When I first came there eight years ago, there are ten million people on LinkedIn. Now there's a hundred and ten million people across wow. Asia Pacific. So it's quite phenomenal how that's grown. But the reason why we do a lot of business in Australia and New Zealand is because they obviously got it first. They were about the second or third country behind the UK and America to really understand LinkedIn and get LinkedIn. And they've been using LinkedIn for a while now. Just they, just they, they also need help in terms of, well, how do you take it from being a recruitment tool and a CV tool to being a social selling tool and a lead gen tool and an employer branding tool and a personal branding tool and a mm-hmm. content marketing tool? And that's where we come in. We basically show you how to do it. And if you don't want to buy our services, that's absolutely fine. You can read the book. You can come to my workshop, pick up tips and go away and do it yourself. If you want to take up our services, that's also fine as well. So it's very much a win-win because we know if we give information away, things like the book and Mm -hmm. workshops, then people will basically say, oh, yeah, black marketing, other people you need to go to for your LinkedIn um, expertise and your LinkedIn marketing should you have the budget to do so, should you wish to do so. Fantastic! That sounds awesome. Well, what? So you you, had, you gave a whole list of things of what people could do. What are some of the biggest opportunities on LinkedIn, and what are most people missing? Because I'd say most people are doing nothing. <laughs> I, I totally agree. Totally, totally agree. Uh, I mean, basically, lead generation is the one thing that people don't know they can do on LinkedIn. So it's the personal branding is, you know, you have to get your personal brand right. So you have to get your picture right and your background picture and your headline, your summary section. And then you have to start being a thought leader. So start sharing content, start writing content and relevant content in the business context about your business, about Australia, about the economy, about innovation, about technology. And then basically you can use the sales navigator platform to actually really find people to the nth degree. And yeah, I can find any entrepreneurs, like last week I was in Melbourne Mm -hmm. and I had 35 meetings, 35 meetings set up with entrepreneurs who I found found on LinkedIn and I sent a nice message saying, I'm visiting Melbourne this week. Do you want to have a meeting to talk about your LinkedIn? We then qualified the meeting and got down to the 35 people. And we sold two workshops out as a result of it as well on top of the 35 meetings. So I have actually 50 meetings mm. last week. Plus I did two talk, two paid for talks, one with the American Chamber of Commerce. 
and one with another, a couple of other organizations. And it was just phenomenal, the thirst for information. But it all came through me targeting people on LinkedIn. Mm. I found them on LinkedIn. I used the data on LinkedIn. I found entrepreneurs or founders on LinkedIn and basically wrote them a nice little message saying, I'm going to talk to you. And they said yes. And that's the amazing thing about LinkedIn is I can find anybody anywhere in the world, America, Melbourne, um, you know, Singapore, Shanghai, Singapore, uh, Hong Kong, Europe, and I can find them all through using the data on LinkedIn. That sounds awesome. And I'm definitely keen to, yeah, definitely going to get stuck into a bit of that because there's a lot of stuff that I don't even know about that I was reading through the book. Uh, not that I'm by any means a LinkedIn <laughs> expert, but uh, what I guess a lot of people probably early on thought uh, LinkedIn was for people looking for a job or for HR departments looking for yeah. new employees, but that's not true anymore, is it? No, not at all. I mean, it's very much gone from that. It's very well set up to be a CV tool, a CV pool. Um, and recruitment is still number one way that LinkedIn make money. But now it's really, really changed. Sales Navigator came on board two or three years ago. And that's the lead generation tool. The publishing platform comes on board. So you can basically write blogs. Mm-hmm. And you can become a thought leader. You can share content. And you can do employer branding too. Excuse me. <coughs> you can do employer branding. So it's all about how you make your company attractive to employees, but also investors clients, you know, future employees, how you take it forward. But really, it's the Sales Navigator platform that's transformed LinkedIn from being about CVs and data to being about, well, if I can find someone to fill a job, I can find them to become a client. Mm-hmm. And that's really what the crux of what you do. But it only mm-hmm. works if you've got a very good personal brand, lots of connections, a good content marketing strategy, and a good employment branding strategy, and a good company branding strategy. And people stay on the LinkedIn app. They like to use the phone and not go away from the phone. So they stay on the phone look at your content, look at your connections, look at who you know, look at your experience, look at your thought leadership, and then they decide to respond to you or they approach you because of things like keywords are being found on keywords. And that's the key. LinkedIn's just like Google. Mm-hmm. You get found by using certain keywords. So if you use the right keywords, you get found. Very nice. Very nice. And LinkedIn ranks extremely highly on Google, doesn't it? Phenomenally highly. Literally, if I Google you, so if I Google you, Adam, then basically well, the first thing that comes up is your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing then is the impression I get of you. If I click on that, the first impression I get of you is your LinkedIn profile. And people often completely misunderstand this and misuse this and think, oh, no, people know people won't find me on LinkedIn. We will because we just have to <laughs> Google you to yeah. find you. Plus, if I look at your LinkedIn, I can find you. But more importantly, if I Google you, your LinkedIn profile comes above your Facebook, above your YouTube, above your website, above everything else. Mm. Your LinkedIn profile comes up number one. And that's the first impression that someone gets me. So if you're looking for a job or if you want to find investment or you want to find employees or clients, you have to think, how does this come across them? Because believe me, they're all Googling you. Yeah, all <laughs> yeah for sure. See what you're like. It's the obvious thing in the world. On the, on the way to a meeting or thinking about uh, replying to somebody, the first thing you do is Google them and see what they're like. And the first thing that comes up is your LinkedIn profile. Mm. And people just don't completely underestimate the power of this. But it's just logical if you think about it. Google's very powerful. LinkedIn's very powerful. The two together are even more powerful. Mm, nice. So you said, so So for entrepreneurs, there's a lot of lead gen. You said there, there could be some, we'll get into the sales navigator uh, a little bit later, but you said it's a big, uh, massive publishing platform and basically the place for personal branding. Right. So what's, um, aside from LinkedIn, what else should people be focusing on? Oh, okay. So let's let's start with what is what. What would you define as, as personal branding? What is what is someone's personal brand? 
Good question. I mean, my personal brand is obviously the Mohawk. Yeah. Um, and it's about being an entrepreneur and it's about being LinkedIn and it's about being, you know, doing the talks and the, and the authorship and the being an entrepreneur in both the UK where I first started then when I came to Singapore eight years ago and being you know, a global um, leader when it comes to authority about LinkedIn, how to use LinkedIn. I've got number one profile in Australia, got number one profile in Singapore, number one profile in Hong Kong. You know, I make sure that in all the markets, basically, we, we, we have business and number one profile. The top social selling index, which is basically how LinkedIn measure whether you're a top social seller or not. And I beat everybody who works for LinkedIn in Australia on social <laughs> selling to the degree where I met a guy when I was down there last week. And he looked at my social selling index. And went, Jesus, how did you get 94? That's impossible. None of, nobody in my team at LinkedIn had got more than 82. <laughs> and it says, because I'm actually using the platform. I use it 24 seven a day. I bet most of your team aren't. And he went, oh yes, probably not. But yeah, so moving on swiftly, yes. And they just sell it. They sell it. And understandably, they sell it, but they don't actually use LinkedIn as a platform to market their own services, which I know is totally ironic. But also, a half our clients are marketing agencies or social agencies or creative agencies who are phenomenal at doing great jobs for their clients, but absolutely terrible at marketing themselves. Mm. Really, really bad at marketing themselves, because partly because they don't have time, and partly because no one's paying them. Mm-hmm. And marketing agencies have this thing, a bit like lawyers, that if no one's paying them, they won't do anything. Yeah, and so sure. if no one's paying them to do their own stuff, they go, I'm not going to do this. I can do some client stuff and earn some money or do it myself. Not realizing it's actually counterproductive because mm. it comes back to you because you then ask them, well, how do you generate leads? And they say, well, it's all through referral. Because that's nice as long as the referral keeps on coming. What happens when the referral stops? You say, ah, that's a good point. Well, that's when LinkedIn <laughs> comes in. Because then you can have both. You can have referral yep. and you can have a proactive pipeline. And I'd much rather have the destiny in my own hands and actually be sure. reaching out to people and having a pipeline than purely relying on you know, next week twiddling my thumbs going, is someone going to refer me this week? Is someone going to refer me this week? Which is all very nice and everything, but I'd rather you know be proactive and be positive and be aggressive in a positive way, in a targeted way, and say to people like I did last week in Melbourne, you know, I'm here, let's have a chat. And mm. we'll, we probably picked up maybe four or five clients as a result of the meetings last week, which is absolutely phenomenal. And we inspired other people to use LinkedIn and inspired other people to do also do things like blogging and taking pictures and telling other people about it, which is part of what we do is the word of mouth side of things, which LinkedIn's very powerful for too. Uh-huh. Very nice, very nice. Uh, just quickly on, on personal branding, aside from LinkedIn, and then we'll come straight back to LinkedIn, <laughs> but what, what, else, uh, what else should we uh, include in our personal branding aside from LinkedIn? Is there anything else we need? I mean, I- yeah, I mean, I definitely think, I mean, one of the reasons why I talk about the book is the book's very much about my personal branding. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, literally everything from the, my publisher actually said to me, don't put a picture on your on the book cover. Nobody puts a picture on the book cover. And sure enough, if you look at business books, hardly anybody's got a picture on it. And I said, but you missed the point. Part of my personal brand is the mohawk. So mm-hmm. don't put the mohawk in the front cover. It just becomes another book about LinkedIn. Yeah. So I put the, the, put it on the front cover and automatically it stands off the shelf. Yeah. Which then proves my point about personal branding. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, literally, I can walk down and I've had stories where I've walked down streets and I've been to an art gallery in Shanghai and some guys come up to me I've never met before and says, you don't know me, but I, we're connected on LinkedIn. I recognize because of your recognize you because of your mohawk. <laughs> and I met a guy in the lift in Hong Kong in a mall and he said, 
Oh, you, you did a talk three years ago, three years ago <laughs> in Hong Kong at the British Chamber of Commerce about LinkedIn. And I recognized you because you're Mohawk. <laughs> I met a guy in the airports in Shanghai at uh, the same thing. I have obviously meet people in Singapore all the time. But it's happened in Sydney. It's happened in Melbourne. And literally everywhere I go, it stands out. And that's what I think is very important. Things like the book works and then things like YouTube works. So we do lots, lots uh -huh. of interviews, and lots of lots of contributions like this, lots of podcasts, lots of radio mm -hmm. interviews. And we do, um, Australia seems particularly um, on when it comes to things like TV interviews and podcasts and radio interviews, see so a bit more switched on than maybe in the Northern Asia is, for example. So it's all about kind of sharing this content and sharing my passion for LinkedIn with other people as well, which is part of our USP. It's part of our personal branding. So I think YouTube nice. is a place a part of this. So for example, I have lots of my podcasts on my YouTube channel. And so I'll put this on my YouTube channel as well. And I'll share this obviously on LinkedIn as well. And we have all the interviews on my, on my YouTube channel. And the great thing about YouTube is you can share it on LinkedIn and people can watch the video on LinkedIn. Uh -huh. You don't have to leave LinkedIn to go away. Nice. So we have lots of videos on our company page and my personal page on LinkedIn. So if you look at the app on LinkedIn, on the mobile, you can watch the video in the app and then move on to another part of LinkedIn. You don't nice. have to actually leave LinkedIn to go somewhere else. So people don't like leaving. No, for sure. They like sure. to stay with Facebook, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's Instagram, they don't want to leave. So basically, basically you have to work within the parameters of LinkedIn itself and make sure the content people want to see about is actually on LinkedIn itself. Fantastic. So basically, so for anyone wanting uh, to build their personal brand, LinkedIn, YouTube, maybe a book if they can and get a mohawk. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a different kind of mohawk. I met a guy yeah. yesterday who had a, had a beard and he had a beard that was as long as my mohawk. So literally he had nothing on top and I had the mohawk, the mohawk. he had the bit down here. So we're like, look at cheese. Very funny. Hello. So he's diet red. He's diet red and then we can have both. both <laughs> How long does it take you to do your mohawk? It makes me five minutes because it's been cut. It's obviously been cut this way. I've yeah. been growing it for several years, so it takes me like five minutes. Yeah, nice. But I have to have because I live in Singapore, and it's like you know it's eighty percent, eighty percent humidity most oh, of the time, yeah. and it's uh, you know, 25, 25 degrees centigrade. It's the lowest it gets normally. Average temperature is about thirty four, thirty five. Yeah. You have to use clay. Oh, if you use anything yeah. else but clay it basically falls over because the humidity just basically attacks it. So you need to play to make sure it stays up. I think it's very testing. When you have torrential rain, it's so humid. It's very testing. Love it. Love Not it. Think about all these things, Adam. You know, there's the things I never thought I think I'd to think about 10 years ago. You know? And I get asked strange questions by men like you now about my hair. And I have these bizarre conversations with grown-up men about hair, hair colouring and hair products and this kind of thing. It's very strange conversations I have now. <laughs> And you, you don't always. You said you go red, you go blue. Do you go anything else? Any other bizarre? Colors? I have tried a whole lot. I've got pictures of me: turquoise, green, red, yellow, pink. I had um, uh, what did I have the other day. I had blonde, but I quite like red because of the Chinese New Year, the rooster. Uh -huh. So we're basically being a rooster. <clears throat> but also the blue is, works very well. But blue is actually quite hard because it basically stays blue for like two days. Ah, and okay. then because it just washes out it's just basically very hard to keep that linkedin blue and it goes turquoise <laughs> and then it goes kind of like this kind of weird green color and so red's actually easy but even the reds it goes kind of like pink and then it goes white and it goes you know you have to do it every two weeks <laughs> attention i put into my mohawk you know Adam. <laughs> well that's it it's part of the personal brand you're locked in now i'm locked in somebody said to me the other day what happens if you start losing your hair if you, if you change your mind i said i can't i can't change my mind i can't lose my hair it has to stay there forever <laughs> <laughs> love it Okay, let, let's get stuck into some of the uh, the pro, the elements of a of a good LinkedIn profile. So, oh. and that was so chapter six, your book, mastering your LinkedIn profile like a pro. So first things first, the the photo. What are, what do we need to do with our photo? 
don't have a Facebook photograph because mm. Facebook photographs are the, the number one way basically take not treating LinkedIn seriously at all. It's a business photograph, don't forget. So you think about how you want to come across in a business context. That's why you want to come across on LinkedIn. So yep. you need to be basically a professional photograph, but also have some character, some cut, some, you know, some something about you as well. So, but you also have to remember on LinkedIn, it's very, very small. The picture is this big. It's very small. It's circular. Mm. And it's very, very mm. on the app, it's quite small as well. So you have to think about, you can't put too much into it. It's very small. So I deliberately use a red background and then I use my, my book cover. So it's black and then it's blue because it's, I know it stands out. I've tried various different things in it, but you can't really tell a story about it at all. So that's very important. The background picture, you can tell a story. So the background picture, at the moment I have one about New York, for example, but last week was in Melbourne. I had a list of all the dates I was doing in Melbourne. I had a nice picture of Melbourne. I had a, a, a picture of the tour, which we call the Rockstar Profile Tour in Melbourne, for example. Uh, so I had all this in the background because you can do a lot more with the background picture. Uh -huh. People underestimate you with the background picture. But you have all this space apart from the middle bit uh, where you can mm. really talk about your brand, your company, and really, really go for it. And the next most important thing is actually the um, the headline. Uh -huh. And you can manipulate the headline by using keywords. So we use things like LinkedIn, entrepreneur, Mohawk, CEO, social media, uh -huh. B2B, et cetera, et cetera. So we're always using keywords. And we're really pushing the boundaries of what LinkedIn will allow. So LinkedIn basically um, give us space to do a name. But I take I basically use the name to do uh, my branding, to do yeah. Mohawk and black marketing and to be social media. And under the new LinkedIn, I don't know if anyone's ever listening to this has realized, but they actually put in an area now where you can put your maiden name. So obviously with you know, with guys don't have a maiden name. So I went, ah, right, great, more space. So now <laughs> I have in my, in my maiden name space, I have black marketing enabling LinkedIn for you or social media guru or LinkedIn guru or entrepreneur with a mohawk, this kind of thing. So I'm now using that space to basically fill my gap. Didn't have that on the old LinkedIn, didn't have it on the new LinkedIn. Yeah, and then, of course, yes. you need to do a nice summary section. Summary section is all about your personal branding, really about your story. And a lot of people mm -hmm. do it in the third person, but really it should be done in the first person because like mm. this. We're having a conversation. I would never say to you, Adam, Chris said this and Chris said that because you think I'm a weirdo. <laughs> I say I. Yeah. And don't do that on LinkedIn because you do come across as a complete prat if you start saying Chris did this and Chris did that on LinkedIn. Where people said, look, either his PA wrote this or he's being basically talking about himself in the third party. And even if your PA did rate it, don't, me don't yeah. let that come across. It has to be personal. It's one-on-one. -on -one. For sure. So it has to be the first person. It has to be your story as well. A lot of people put their summary section about their jobs. And really, that should be about 10%. Most of it should be about what made you a great leader, what makes you interested in business, what do you do in business, what awards have you won, what are you passionate about, what do you do you know, away from your job, you know, are you mentor students, do you do voluntary work, do you, have you won awards, have you lived in different countries, all these kind of things, but in a business context. Mm -hmm. And then adding things like visuals in and video in, that kind of thing, really beefs up your profile too. And all this helps you basically get found on LinkedIn through optimization as well. Uh -huh, very nice. How long should our summary section be, do you reckon? Uh, you have to, about 2,000 characters. Yeah. Uh, which sounds like a lot, but it's not. No. It really is not a lot of characters. It's basically about, I think about 10 sentences, uh -huh. 10 or 12 sentences. So it's really, once you start saying, I used to do this, and I did this, and now I do this, and I'm interested in doing this, and I go forward and I do this. Basically, it fills it out quite easily. And then your company page section should be basically a replica of your company page um, section itself. So you'd really be copying and pasting to ensure um, a brand, consi a plan, brand consistency. And the problem with the company section, if you leave the employee to actually do it themselves, they will always say what they do at the company, which is really boring. Because uh -huh. they will say things like, I make the tea at Black Marketing. And everyone <laughs> goes, 
I don't care if you make the tea at Black Marketing. I care what Black Marketing can do for me. <laughs> for sure. And then but that's why we enforce on Black Marketing. Everyone has to copy and paste the company page. And our company say page says what we do for other people. Uh, a lot uh-huh. of people don't realize that LinkedIn's external, not internal. It's like your website. So if your website's designed by marketing to optimize and be found and say what you do, your LinkedIn should be the same. Uh-huh. But a lot of people don't, don't do this because they don't enforce it on employees to say, well, actually, you represent the company and it's outward bound and external. So therefore, mm. you have to represent the company in a positive way and say what the company can actually do for a client or a partner or mm. for somebody else, not what you do at that company. So even if you're the managing director, like I don't even put in the fact that I'm the CEO on my description. I to write about what black marketing can do for other CEOs, other founders. Uh-huh. Because basically I put the title in there, CEO, and obviously people know what a CEO is. But if I started talking about I do all the HR, and I do the operational stuff, and I do the new business, nobody cares. Yeah, They care what we can do for them. And that's the fundamental point. People don't understand. They're putting about 10% of profiles on LinkedIn, which are, you know, describe what they can do externally and about 90% say what they can do internally. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And in terms of that uh, experience section as well, uh, how, what, what experience should we be putting down there? Obviously, we don't want to say when I was 18, I worked at a pub or anything like that. But you say that, you say, but I actually like that because I mean, I'll give you an example. I mentor SMU students in uh, Singapore Management University here uh, who take market marketing degrees. And I say to them, put all your internal experience, all your external experience on there because it builds up a picture who's someone who's actually hardworking. Because uh-huh. if you've got three or four internships or summer jobs, for example, yeah. and then your competition for that same job has nothing because they traveled the world or basically did nothing that stayed at home with their parents or they basically did nothing for that summer, you stand out. Because uh-huh. you look like you're working hard. I mean, personally, um, I went to, you know, as soon as I, st- I was 16, I got a Saturday job at HMV. I got a weekend job. At, I got a weekday job at HMV. I did my summer holidays at HMV, partly because I was passionate about music, but also because I wanted to earn some money and I wanted to learn about commerce and marketing. Uh-huh. And I knew by working there as a Saturday job and a weekend job and a, and a summer job, I could go down to the marketing department in London and learn about how you did marketing for HMV, which as a 16-year-old is fantastic. Obviously, okay. it's music industry as well, so even better. But the point is that I put that on my LinkedIn uh-huh. I still to stay on my LinkedIn because it builds up my character in terms of I believe in hard work. I believe in basically going out there and doing things. And I basically, I, I mentor students to say the same thing. The ones that do internships, the ones that stand out by saying I have a Saturday job, the ones that did work in a pub when they were 18 years old and actually proved they were yeah, able to handle customers and talk about business and, and create relationships actually do stand out. So putting things like that is very, very relevant. Okay, the other thing you should put up is also things like experience like, I'm a board director of the British Chamber of Commerce, for example, in Singapore. So mm-hmm. I put that on there. I'm mm-hmm. also a mentor at SMU Student uh, Management University, so I put that on there. Mm-hmm. I'm also, you know, I do things with Mumbrella, so I put that on there. So all the things were linked to a business section, you can add on there. Because if you don't, you can't get found. What this means is, because I'm a board director at the Britcham, I can approach the Britcham in Melbourne and say to them, can I do a talk with you about doing LinkedIn? And they can then check me out. They can find me. They can check out who I know, but I can also find them. Nice. So I can find them through LinkedIn. They can find me through LinkedIn. But also, more importantly, anyone in Singapore the chamber can find me and reach out to me and say, what's it like being part of the chamber? Or mm-hmm. can you help me with this? Or whatever it happens to be. And I can reach out to other chambers across the world because of the same thing. So it's all about communication, but it's all about in the business context. So that's why I've got like about 50 different positions because I'm, I'm quite involved with lots of com- communities and lots of um, professional organizations within Singapore and Hong Kong and basically Australia. So I believe in putting that all onto my LinkedIn. So experience doesn't just mean your job. It means anything to do with the business context. Uh-huh. Very nice. Very nice. 
Okay, cool. Maybe I'll need to put a few more things on there. Um, <laughs> and some of the other things... Uh, so that's that's basically your profile, is that right? I'm just trying to think if, if yeah, I'm... Miss, am I missing yeah, anything? That's the, most, that's the main thing. But then uh, what also goes onto your profile is your thought leadership and your content uh-huh. marketing. Fantastic. That, that seems like so a that's good very much, That Actually, should be very much about... Go so on. I've got one, one quick question. The background picture... Good. Can you, can yeah. anyone do that? Everyone should do that. Oh, really? So I didn't even know everyone you could do basically, it. <laughs> if you don't do it, well, on yours, I had a quick look on yours, and I don't think you've got one. No, I think I'm the classic uh, LinkedIn I'm, blue. <laughs> uh, LinkedIn now give every single person um, because yes, yeah, you got the LinkedIn blue. Yeah. So they give everyone that because basically they're encouraging you to put your own background picture there, so you can have basically. Uh, your, yeah, your entrepreneur book or your podcast mm-hmm. or something like that, and the branding there. So basically, you're missing mm-hmm. out an opportunity yeah. to market or business item. Um, and everyone is as well. Lots of people have got that blue background because they're not realizing that's a very powerful platform because you can see that on the mobile, on the tablet, on the laptop, everywhere. So yeah. basically, you're missing out an opportunity to market yourselves. And it's free, completely free. Mm. All you need to do is design a picture that's that size, yeah. which is relatively simple to do, and put it up there. And then you're marketing because everyone has to come to your profile. Everyone comes to your profile, sees that straight yeah, away. Sure. So it's very, very, very powerful. Nice. But how, how does it go with, you said you can see it on the mobile as well. Obviously, it's a very yeah. different site. How does the sizing work out with the... Uh... Oh, well, good question, actually, because basically the sizing is slightly different. And I complained to LinkedIn about this. Yeah. Uh, this morning, I talked to the, uh, a, a good woman in, um, in LinkedIn this morning and said to them, do you do realize that your picture for your mobile is different size to your picture for your laptop and your, yeah. um, your tablet? They, they hadn't realized because, oh, again, really? they don't use it. So no uh-huh. one had actually said to them, you do realize this is completely different. And it would be okay if they actually gave you the opportunity to upload a different picture for a different platform, but they don't. Uh-huh. So basically, you get to, you have to basically fit in your laptop uh-huh. picture to make sure it stands out on your mobile. So it's just a bit of tweaking. Nice. Uh, but hopefully, they might give the opportunity in the future basically to upload three different pictures, one for your tablet, one for your laptop, one for your mobile. Uh-huh. But until that happens, you've got to basically get the picture size just right yeah. to make sure you can see it all one. And all you've got to do is just got to experiment. Yeah. You've got to put it in, load it up, and then check yeah. it out on the mobile, check it out on the tablet, and check it out on your laptop. Fantastic. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, nice. I better get, uh, as I said, I I'm, I'm just your classic LinkedIn blue. <laughs> so I, better, <laughs> I need to get onto that. Uh, cool. So we're going to talk about uh, content marketing. So you said, first things yeah. first, you need to make a content marketing plan. Definitely. And, and what, does that, what does that plan involve? So you said there's created content and curated content. Correct. So basically, created content is blogging. So mm-hmm. when you blog on LinkedIn, which is the biggest publishing platform in the world, basically it's your thoughts about a subject. So when basically this podcast goes out, I'll do a blog about that, for example. But I did a blog last week about, you know, about uh, I got coverage in the Business Times in Singapore and they interviewed six of the people there. So I did a blog about that. Previously, I did a blog about Singapore Airlines versus Emirates Airlines, the benefits from a business point of view, who is better from a business perspective. So I'm constantly doing blogs that are interesting to my audience and my peers but also things that I think that can go viral mm-hmm. and things that people are interested in from the business context that I can share on LinkedIn. So that's a blogging one. Now, it's quite hard to do that every single mm. week or every single fortnight. So I understand people say well, it's very, it takes a long time. And it does. A good blog takes two or three hours to actually do, yeah. sometimes longer. So basically, sometimes you can't do that every week. So you have to combine that with a curated content plan, which should be content that you're interested in and your peers are interested in from a content point of view and not just things about your business. So mm. LinkedIn have a strategy which is called a 411 strategy, which is basically for what everyone posts about your own business or something related to your business, like my business would be about LinkedIn, 
do one non-soft, basically a soft sell post, maybe about social media, and then four completely unrelated posts about other things, nothing to do with your business. Mm-hmm. So I could write about Australia. I could write about innovation. I could write about Asia. I could write about marketing. I could write about you know, research trends. I could write about technology. But nothing to do with LinkedIn. Uh-huh. And that enables people to be, appreciate you actually sharing interesting things that's relevant to them. And then you hit them with a hard sell post about your business. They're more likely to then see it and take it up. Because the problem is if you, all you do is you push out your company, they will switch off. Uh-huh. They'll stop following you. They'll close your feed down. And you won't get across your hard sell pitch when you come to it because they basically switched off. So you have to appreciate the fact it's a bit like a newspaper. If you go to a newspaper and you just read about your company the whole time, you basically wouldn't buy it. But if you read about other things, mm-hmm. you're more likely to read the bit about the things interested in your company as well. So it's a combination. That's what, why it's called a 411. That's what it means about actually coming up with a content marketing strategy. And we come up with a content calendar for our clients, for example, which enables them to see how we separate content and spread content throughout the week. But it also means you have to like, you have to share, and you have to comment on other people's content. Uh-huh. You can't just basically just be taking all the time. You've got to be basically giving something out there, which obviously is you're sharing their content with your followers. Mm. You're commenting on their content to make that go viral and give a contribution away, for example. It's not just one way. It's got to be basically two ways. It's a conversation, but it's a conversation on a massive scale, but it's still one-on-one. Uh-huh, for sure. For sure. And obviously, uh, if you're if someone else is reading someone else's thing, they see you put an interesting comment. That might correct. Yeah, yeah, nice. correct. And that and that especially happens when you have the right keywords in your title. Uh-huh. So if I comment on something, for example, it says Chris Reed, LinkedIn guru. Yeah. Then people go, oh, that's interesting. I'm looking for someone to do my LinkedIn. I'll, I'll, I'll look at Chris's profile and see if he's any good. See what he's, see who he knows. See what his recommendations are like. See if he's got any awards. See what his company does, and so forth. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, very nice. Okay, cool. Uh, in terms of the the creating your own content, the blogging, is there any? Uh, have you got anything specific to LinkedIn for that, or is that sort of uh, a bit yeah, more personal? Yeah, have, have an opinion. Have an opinion. Uh-huh. The worst blogs on LinkedIn are people who don't have opinions. So you got to have an opinion, and then uh-huh. basically, it doesn't matter if you get half a lot of abuse because it's LinkedIn abuse, so it's quite civilized abuse. Or basically, you get half people um, saying yes. You basically got to get people commenting, liking, sharing, and people disagreeing with you and agreeing with you. Mm-hmm. If you basically, I've always failed if I basically put a blog up there and no one's commented mm. or no one's basically disagreeing with me. I failed if no one disagrees with me. I much <laughs> prefer, like, like the Emirates Singapore Airlines one I did the other week, I knew that I was going to polarize opinion because I went, I went, basically said that Emirates was terrible and Singapore was fantastic. Yeah. And I had lots of people going, no, that's not true. And I think you know, some of this other brand is much better. And other people uh-huh. say, yes, Singapore is fantastic. So there's a whole debate going on about whether I was right, whether I was wrong, you know, the pros and cons of other airlines and so forth. So that's what you should do. You yeah, basically nice. stimulate people to have a debate. If you don't do that, you basically failed in your content marketing strategy. Uh-huh, very nice. And so you talked about the, the 411 rule. There was also the 1990 rule in that 1% of people are creating the content, 9% mm-hmm. are maybe sharing it, and 90% yeah, are yeah, just yeah. looking. Correct. And that's very much LinkedIn, very much the social media in general, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. But LinkedIn particularly, you do get about 1% of people actually creating, 9% sharing and commenting and 9% just viewing. That's, yeah. just the, that's just the way social media is, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah very nice. So be the 1%. Be the 1%. Yeah, exactly. Be that 1%. Okay, cool. So that's the. Uh, was there anything else on on content marketing, and then we'll get into social no, selling? No, that's. I mean, it's, not, it's, not, it's not rocket science, and it's part of social selling, because mm. if you share content, you get people to come to your profile and come mm. to you by sharing valuable content. 
And that's all about social selling. You're doing it in a subtle way. You're selling your services in a subtle way by mm. bringing people to your profile, bringing people to your company by giving away content. Yeah, fantastic. So can you give us a quick, uh, not, maybe not a dictionary definition, but a quick uh, overview of what is social selling? So social selling is basically using social media to sell. Yeah. Um, that's basically it. And basically LinkedIn is the best way of doing that because you can tell who you're selling to. Mm-hmm. Now, you can obviously do it on things like Facebook and Instagram and YouTube as well. But the trouble with that is the data isn't there. Mm-hmm. Whereas on LinkedIn, I can tell exactly who I'm going to, I'm tell exactly who I'm connecting to, exactly who is interested in what I actually do. So I connect with you know, CEOs, founders of SMEs, for example, in Melbourne or Victoria or Sydney, for example, and I share relevant content with them. It becomes social selling. I also basically can bring people to me by reaching out to them using Sales Navigator. And Sales Navigator has been designed to basically find anyone anywhere in the world using the data on LinkedIn, the same data that you input is the data I can access and to find you. Uh-huh. And that's absolutely crucial when it comes to that because then it enables me to basically reach out to somebody. They can check out my profile. They can check out who we both know. They can check out my background picture, my headline, my company page, my blogging, mm-hmm. and then they will decide whether to respond or not. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely crucial. And that's part of social selling too. It's very much a mm-hmm. two-way thing. You can't force people to respond but you stimulate them to respond and you basically give them enough reason to respond that they will do. But sharing content is actually key to that because by sharing content, you get people to come to your profile. By yep. putting the right keywords in, get found on search and they come to your profile. So if they access your brand first, it's much easier for you to then approach them saying, thank you for viewing my profile. Thanks for commenting. Thanks for sharing my blog. Now I don't have a chat about LinkedIn. Because yep. they've already started accessing my brand they're much more likely to say yes than if you just reach out to them cold through an email or a phone call, for example, where basically they don't know for Adam. Yeah. Basically, LinkedIn, they know who you are. Yeah, very nice. And the other reason you said LinkedIn's far superior to, say, Facebook, especially for business to business, is that on LinkedIn, it's there for business. Facebook, not so much. Yeah, it's the data. I mean, it's basically the data. The data overwhelmingly on LinkedIn is phenomenal. Whereas Facebook, you don't say where you work. You don't say where you used to work. You don't say where you went to school. You don't mm. see who your connections are, people you both know mm. in a business context. Whereas LinkedIn, you do. Mm. And that's part of it. If you can basically, if you connect with somebody or you message somebody, and they, the first thing they can do is they can check out the 100 people you both know together. Then there's reference points. If you then they can see your content marketing strategy in a business context, there's reference points. If they can see you went to the same university or the same company five years ago, 10 years ago, there's reference points. And mm-hmm. as you know, it's all about, you know, uh, LinkedIn and sorry, business is all about relationship building and relationships. Just like anything in life is about relationships, yeah. but in the business context, mm-hmm. the more personal references, the more joint references and shared references you both have, the more p- chance somebody will say yes to you. And that's all about building up your entire profile on LinkedIn to give people more hooks and more reasons to say yes than if they don't know who you are. Uh-huh, for sure. That's awesome. The other thing I, you mentioned before and I sort of skipped over because I want to come back to you later was the company. You mentioned company pages. And uh, again, this is something available to everyone. Yes, it is. But it's phenomenally hard to actually do uh, very well. I'll give you an example. Richard Branson has number one, follow, number one followed um, profile on LinkedIn, has 10 million followers. Mm-hmm. Virgin Atlantic have 100,000. <laughs> yeah. That's 1%. <laughs> yeah. But Virgin Atlantic, so Richard Branson has a holistically positive effect over the entire Virgin brands mm-hmm. because of things like his blogging, although he never mentions things like the individual Virgin brands. But people like to back up his companies or anybody's companies by having a company page there because you do get found again on Google. Mm-hmm. If I Google my company, Black Marketing, the second thing that comes up is my LinkedIn company page. Uh-huh. So people then reference it. People can see what we're sharing about LinkedIn on there. and People can see how many employees we have and so forth. And so it's very important in terms of employer branding point of view. They can see you. Also on the app, 
as we discussed before, people don't like leaving the app. So if they can check out your company page on the app, they're reassured to be your proper company. Whereas if you don't put your company on, mm. you look like a one-man band. For sure. And therefore, you basically lose credibility and you can charge less as a result of it. People like to know they're dealing with a company rather than a sole trader. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and as you say, they don't want to have to go from LinkedIn, go to, if they're on their phone, open website. up an internet app and then find your website. Yeah, nice. Correct, they're just not going to do it. Not going to do it. Cool. So, so you mentioned in there sharing. So what sort of stuff should your company page be uh, sharing? So your company page is slightly different to your personal page in that you should be sharing things about your company and about services and about your uh, professional, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, basically what your company actually does do. I mean, we take the view that we don't just share about black marketing, we share about everything to do with LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes a... It comes a, a, a kind of like a center of excellence for everything about LinkedIn. I don't care. One of our competitors wrote it. If it's relevant about LinkedIn, I'll share it. Sure. If it's LinkedIn stuff, I'll share it. If it's videos, I'll share it. If it's infographics, I'll share it. If it's anything to do with LinkedIn or content marketing or social selling, I'll put it on my LinkedIn. And then mm-hmm. I'll probably share it and make sure that every single one of my followers can actually see it as well. But it's come from my company page first. Nice. Whereas on my page, I'll share stuff that's not about LinkedIn. I'll follow the 411 rule, much more likely. Whereas on the company page, you can literally get away with the fact it should be about your services, but not just about your company. That's what I made distinction there. I don't just share things about black marketing. I share things about LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, cool. So it can't be other people talking about LinkedIn, how they use LinkedIn, but it's all about LinkedIn, whether it's about black marketing or my events, or whether it's about just being the best way of using LinkedIn from a Forbes article or Wall Street Journal article or FD article or the Australian article. You know, it's about LinkedIn and it's basically... A channel of uh, if you want to know anything about LinkedIn updates um, about the new LinkedIn, for example, it's all on the black marketing page. Yep, very nice, very nice. And the other thing which I had no idea, I haven't made a company page, but until I read your book, the showcase pages. Hmm. Uh, what's the go there? Because I've never never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, it's one of these LinkedIn things that LinkedIn didn't bother telling anyone about. So basically, showcase pages are like website tabs. So uh-huh. you know on a website you have like about us, your services, case studies, contact us. So LinkedIn basically enabled you to have showcase pages do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So what you should use it for is is optimization. So if you say, if you look at Hewlett Packard's page, for example, mm-hmm. there's a very, very, very good way to do it. So they have Hewlett Packard on the front page, mm-hmm. and then their showcase page is like Hewlett Packard Labs, Hewlett Packard Graphics, Hewlett Packard Printing, Hewlett Packard <laughs> Enterprise. It basically enables them to all their divisions then have a page. Yep. And it means if you're sharing things about HP graphics, the branding that comes up is HP graphics, not HP. Uh-huh. So it's a distinction. So we have things like personal branding as a page, nice. content marketing as a page, thought leadership as a page, social selling as a page, lead generation as a page, company branding as a page. But all of them say, you know, powered by black marketing. So mm-hmm. if you do a search, for example, on personal branding, our company showcase page comes up. Uh-huh. Nice. So it's all about optimizing it for LinkedIn. Also means that someone comes to my page, a bit like the website, they can then go to individual areas and learn about the different things we do through the content we share on the showcase pages. Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, that sounds that sounds good. Something I need to look at. And it's free as well. It's all free. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, Okay. So I think the one last LinkedIn question before we shift gears is the the messaging. What are people doing wrong? Uh, What should we be doing? What, what are people missing with in terms of messaging? <laughs> um, and the biggest thing that people do wrong is they try and basically sell their entire company on a message. Uh-huh. They basically put down all the things they do, uh, basically <laughs> even before they've even met somebody. And basically you see reams of paper coming towards you. Oh, my God. Whereas what we do is we believe in three-line rule, which uh-huh. is basically saying this is what we do. 
this is what we could do for you. I'd like to meet you. And uh-huh. that's it. Nice. And that works. Nice. The simple, simple short is the better. So, for example, my, my meetings last week in Melbourne had the headline of visiting Melbourne. Yep. The first line said, I'm visiting Melbourne. And basically, uh, I'd like to talk to you about your LinkedIn marketing strategy. My, my, my second line was, when are you free? Yep. And that was it. And then my signature said, you know, Chris Reed and CEO, NASDAQ company, author, power profile, all the rest of it. But that was it. Yeah, nice. And then people appreciated the fact that they're busy people. I appreciate the fact they're busy people. So basically, it was a simple question. They could see my profile. They could see my headline. They could see what I do. If they want to do LinkedIn, they would say yes. And that's why it worked because we appreciated their time. So simple is always better. LinkedIn basically says that the shorter the message, the more response you actually will get. Uh-huh. So you're basically shooting yourself in the foot if you're basically elongating it. You're never, ever going to sell someone on LinkedIn. Basically, yeah, what you sure. want to do is have a meeting. Yeah. So you want to basically say to somebody, this is what we do. Let's have a meeting and then talk about it. And then if you can close them as a result of that, fantastic. If you don't, then, then that, so be it. But you're never going to close them on LinkedIn. When people make that mistake, they're just going to pick up the basically that. Someone's going to say, yes, I want to buy your product for a million dollars straight away. It's not going to happen. Yep. They have to meet. It's, again, go back to social selling. It's all about yeah. you. They're buying you. But they have to meet you, whether it's a Skype or a phone call or a, an actual physical meeting. But that's why I do so many meetings in different countries. Uh-huh. That's why I went to Melbourne last week, because I know I can basically close more deals face-to-face than I yeah, can absolutely. do over the telephone or Skype. Absolutely. And never just by having a conversation on email. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. You, you, it's all about personal relationships. Yeah, fantastic. And the other thing you said is uh, in the book is whenever you see, you always get a notification, such and such viewed your profile. And from there, you should uh, message them and say, what should we say when when we get that that notification? As soon as you get that, you should say, thank you for viewing my profile. So be polite. Every single interaction on LinkedIn, you should always say thank you. Thank you for commenting on this. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for liking. And then say, would you like to talk about your LinkedIn marketing strategy or whatever your service happens to be? And mm-hmm. because they viewed your profile, then basically they will normally reply back and say, oh, yes, you came up in a search. I'm looking for someone who did my LinkedIn. Or they're saying, I got recommended to you by somebody else. Or they're saying, I read your article in one of my publications. Uh, and I just was curious about your profile. Mm. But then whichever way, you acknowledge them. Yeah, people like to people like to be acknowledged. Just human nature. People like to be noticed that something else they did was noticed by somebody else. It's just simple little things on LinkedIn, which if you do well, it's part of the whole social selling ethos of just noticing, saying hello, saying thank you. You know, just basically saying thank you works amazingly well on LinkedIn. Yeah, nice. And as I was reading that, and even as you're saying it now, there was a there was some kind of discomfort within me thinking. Uh, I would definitely, I would hold back. It sounds obvious, you know, if someone views your profile, they're obviously somewhat interested, but then Correct. I'm already holding back thinking I wouldn't want to message them. What's that about? <laughs> that's, well, that's what I call being English. Yeah. Uh, English people have a problem in terms of, English and Asians actually have a problem in terms of modesty. Yeah. And the problem with doing modesty on LinkedIn is you will get some American to come along who will basically claim they've done something even when they haven't, yeah. as been proved by the, obviously the current United States president. <laughs> but they will actually say, I invented the earth. Go, no, you didn't. No, I did. Here's my LinkedIn references to say, oh, well, you must have invented the earth. I'll go with you. But actually, the real guy was living in Melbourne. He just didn't put it on his LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> so, so modesty gets you nowhere on LinkedIn. You have to be proactive. Because LinkedIn gives you all the data. LinkedIn says you can do this. LinkedIn says publish. LinkedIn says you can share. LinkedIn says here's your company page. LinkedIn says put your recommendations down. LinkedIn says you can do the awards. And LinkedIn says this person viewed your profile. Mm. So it's up to you whether you want to follow that up or not. A Mm. lot of people don't do it, which is where we come in. 
because we say you need to be proactive as well as reactive, but you could be missing out on millions of dollars worth of contracts because they've mm. used your profile because they're interested in your services. And then basically you don't follow up. Mm. Then you're missing out. They're not missing out. They'll find somebody else to do it. Mm. Then you're missing out. Basically you're missing out on that golden opportunity. Yeah, nice. So be less English and be more yeah. American. That is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Love it. Oh, the other, sorry, there was one more thing that I, I was going to say, the sales navigator. But obviously, I've, I've listened to about uh, six or eight of your past uh, podcast interviews in preparation for this. Uh, so I knew of sales navigator, but before listening to those, I was, uh, I was pretty much unaware of sales navigator. Can you give us a quick uh, description of why we should use it? Sure. I mean, basically, it's another, it's another secret gem that LinkedIn don't really market very well. So basically, Sales Navigator is the sales and marketing platform of LinkedIn. It allows you to find anyone anywhere in the world using a search criteria. And the search is very, very good because it goes down to, I can find, like last week in Melbourne, I could find CEOs mm-hmm. of companies 10 to 11 to, was it 500 size? Mm-hmm. And then I could date, go even further down and say, okay, these people had to have experience of at least 10 years. Mm-hmm. They had to be on LinkedIn for at least five years. Mm-hmm. And I could put all this criteria down. But I also then looked even deeper and said these people had to have posted on LinkedIn in the last 30 days. Ah, now, that, okay. rules out, that rules out about two-thirds of the world's yeah. population when it comes to LinkedIn. Yeah. There's only about one in four, one in three people are actually active on LinkedIn any one moment. So, obviously, if you write a message to somebody using Sales Navigator, you want them to respond. If they're not active on LinkedIn, they're not going to respond. Yeah, doesn't matter sure. how good your profile is and how good your message is. If they're not using it. Yeah. They ain't going to see it. Yeah. So using the data on Sales Navigator, it allows you to find the right person, but also finds if they're actually active. And then you send them a nice message, and you can track the messaging as well. So it allows you to build up target lists. So last week I was in Melbourne. I had a massive list of target lists um, connected with people, which enabled me to have more target lists because the way LinkedIn works is that if I connect with you, I get access to your first connections. They become my second connections. Mm-hmm. Their first connections become my third connections. So every time I connect with a new entrepreneur in Melbourne, I broaden my, uh, my database of potential leads yeah and that's absolutely crucial because then a sales navigator then tells me that and i can build up more data on, on sales navigator to find more people and you build entire pipelines because of it because the more people you connect with the right kind of people ceos tend to know other ceos yeah so basically you build up your portfolio but only sales navigator can tell you who changed jobs who's active on linkedin and who's basically been in the news recently and all three of these things you can personalize a message as a result of it and only sales navigator can do that for you Fantastic, yeah, that's and that's that's the that's the paid uh, the paid premium version. Is that right? It's a paid premium version, but it's the same cost as uh, Recruiter Lite, the same cost as Premium itself. Yeah, it just gives you more data. So if you're Way in the better. lead generation business, or even if you just want to find investors or PR people yeah. or employees, actually, Sales Navigator allows you to do all Isn't that one. thing. Basically, just allows you to find anybody on LinkedIn for whatever reason you want to. So it's good for investors. If you want to find investors, mm. you can find investors by putting in things like angel investor or VC yeah. into the keywords. Find people actually active on LinkedIn who invest in startups or invest in technology or invest in Melbourne or invest in Victoria. You can find that using LinkedIn Sales Navigator. So you can use it for awesome. any, whatever you want to do. But clients, we use it mostly to find clients. Yeah, fantastic. Man, you've given us so much, uh, so much valuable LinkedIn stuff, and there, there's definitely some tweaks I need to make after this. Um, you said you're the you're the number one profile. At, how is that? The not in Australia, in Singapore, and views, a few other countries. Views. views. Purely views, yeah, yeah, purely views. So followers, I'm, up, I'm well up there. But the trouble with followers, you can get someone like an, an MD of a bank, like um, uh, Mike Smith and ANZ, for example, yeah. or PH Gupta and DBS, but don't actually use it. 
Yeah. And also, they haven't actually done it. Yeah. So they've been put on there because it's part of their corporate comms. But they're not yeah. actually using it. You can tell they're not using it because they blog like every half a year. Yeah, exactly. And they share something every five years or something like that. So they're not real people. So uh, you can't really judge it by followers. You can judge it by engagement. So I have the most amount of views in Singapore and Australia. And my social selling index, for example, is number one in Singapore and Australia as well. Yeah. So that's, why, that's how basically we judge it. Unfortunately, LinkedIn took away the rankings when they did the new LinkedIn. So you now can't actually tell where you are amongst professionals like you or your company or other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know the last set of rankings I had, I was beating, for example, the managing director of LinkedIn in Asia Pacific, <laughs> which is always a good thing. It's always a good thing to do because if you beat the managing <laughs> yeah. director of LinkedIn, <laughs> he owns so- the platform. <laughs> You're doing something right, that's for sure. Doing something right, yes. <laughs> so basically, that's how, that's how we know we're doing it. Also, this guy at LinkedIn in Australia actually told me I had number one in terms of social selling index and number of views as well. Fantastic. So that's why he was interested in what we can actually do for them as well. Fantastic. Uh, I know we're, we're sort of coming up on time, but I just wanted to quickly ask you a few things about the book itself. So LinkedIn hmm. Mastery for Entrepreneurs, you said the number one LinkedIn book out of 55,000 yep. LinkedIn books on Amazon. Uh, what was the, the book writing like? What was the process like? How did you get it to number one? <laughs> well, weirdly enough, it wasn't the book writing process was very <laughs> simple because I, I basically outsourced it to my publisher. Yep, nice. So I got pitched the idea by John North, who's basically uh, from uh-huh. Sydney. Uh-huh. And he basically said, I can produce you a book in 10 weeks yeah. and I can make it a bestseller across the world. I thought, fantastic. Uh, yeah. And I said to him, I'll do it as long as you promise me that I actually have to write or get involved in the book. He said, fine. Yeah. So basically what he did was he took all my interviews uh-huh. and all my blogs uh-huh. for the last three years and put them into a book. Yeah. And then we worked on the structure but basically, he produced the book and even said to me, don't put, don't put the mohawk in the front. I said, put the mohawk in yeah. the front it's part of the branding. Yeah. Now he sees the benefit of doing that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then basically, on the 10th week, he made it a best-selling author by giving it away on Kindle across yep. the world. And then basically, when it became number one across the world in various categories, we produced the paperback, the hardback, and the audiobook. Very nice. Which is, you know, the audiobook's really, really good too. If you're very lazy, you can listen to the audiobook. It's very mm-hmm. good. Um, and basically, it allowed us to basically, now we give away the, the book all the time, my workshops. When I meet somebody, I don't give my, my business cards, I give them my book. Yeah, and it's so much better than giving away a business card. People actually take a book and read a book and look at a book, whereas your business card just get chucked with anybody else's business card. Yeah. So sure. basically, it's very very simple, um, and I do recommend John. Yeah, you know, he's been the most professional I've ever come across in terms of putting the whole thing together mm. in one go and delivering exactly how he said he was going to deliver and making it a best selling a bestseller in all the countries in the world in That's one awesome. go. So phenomenal amount. You know, just phenomenal in terms of being able to work with partners like that it just makes your job so much easier yeah fantastic yeah. that sounds awesome and i did like that it was uh there's lists there was always numbered lists you know do this step one two three four five I, that was definitely easy to follow and easy to uh well, to implement because on linkedin on linkedin there's only so much you can do and people say to me you know well is there anything else you can tell us about linkedin so we're well, not really because basically that's it mm-hmm. it's only a, it's a closed platform there's only so much you can do you can't suddenly you know start painting pictures you know and you can't you just can't do things you can't making vegetables on it there's nothing much you can do it's a platform you have certain things you can do certain things you can't do and basically you have to use it for what you can actually do which is the personal branding the employee branding the social selling and the content marketing and that's it yeah so if you do these things and fill out all the details basically your standard rank your your rankings it's not well at all Oop, sorry, I just lost you for about 30 seconds there. <laughs> but I think I've, I've got you back now. Um, <laughs> sorry, I caught, I caught the most important bits there. Uh, and the, I guess the other thing is, any tips for aspiring authors? Speak to John North. Speak to John North. Yeah. I mean, he was, literally, if you've got an idea and you've got some content there, he'll put it together very, very quickly. 
Um, and so it's a matter of whether you're willing to back yourself. I mean, I saw it as purely as a marketing tool. I yeah. didn't want to make any money out of it. I saw it as purely as a marketing tool. So I was well, very willing to, to give it away. It's what, the same reason I do so many talks and I do things like this, because mm. I believe in evangelizing about LinkedIn. Yeah. Even if 95% of the people listening here not going to become my clients, you know, they'll all tell other people about, I heard a great guy talk about LinkedIn. He does this, he does that. He has a mohawk and so forth. And people go away from my talks, like in Melbourne last week, I did four talks. And every single person went away from those talks actually then raving about what we did. Yeah. And what we do and what we do. And the Mohawk had taken pictures and I shared it on LinkedIn. They shared it on LinkedIn, for example. And it's all about using LinkedIn to basically mm. um, give away content using my book, using my uh, talks, using my blogs, using podcasts to give away content so that people then have a look at LinkedIn and say, this is too difficult. I can't do this myself. I need, to, I need to outsource it to Chris or I will do it myself and I'll thank Black Marketing and Chris Reed because of it. Yeah. And that just gives us massive amounts of PR. So you have to be willing to be not, you have to be willing to be completely holistic about it and not be precious. Yeah, nice. Because if you're precious and you think you're going to make money out of selling some information that other people don't know about, you're not going to make any money at all and you'll waste years of your life trying to do it. Whereas I firmly believe in giving away content and people say to me, you give away all your secrets in the book. I go, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, quite happy, I'm quite happy for anybody to basically follow this. And people say, what happens if somebody else sets up a company to rival you and do the same thing? I said, good luck. Yeah. Because basically, it's, I employ 25 people. It's very labor intensive. Yeah, exactly. And I work, I work 24-7. And I you know, spend a lot of time on LinkedIn learning about what you do, what to not do. And it's very hard because mm. it's, not, it's, not, um, it's not an exact science. Mm. You can get... I'll give you a good example. The blogging is a good example. I can write a blog which I spend hours on, days on researching, and it'll get a hundred, couple of hundred people viewing it, no one liking, no one sharing, no one commenting. I go, oh. And then I'll write one in like half an hour on a whim about something that I don't really care about. Put it out there. It goes viral. Yeah. Get like tens of thousands of people commenting like, how did that even happen? And so that happened. And that's basically the same thing when it comes to new business as well. You can basically have everything lined up and think that a city – Maybe like uh, New York, for example, is going to get you lots of leads, and it doesn't. Mm. And then you go to somewhere like Melbourne, and it does get you lots of leads. And you go, mm. well, that's interesting. I was the other way around. Mm. And you just learn about human nature. You learn about business. Uh, and basically, all you can do is set up LinkedIn so it helps you build your business and do your business in the right kind of way. And that's how I approach the book. The book is basically for every single person to go away and do it for themselves, just like my talks. My talks, I come to my talk, and you can take away all the tips and do it yourself. Yeah. Or you can employ it if you really want to. You can employ it, but you don't have to. That's the whole point. Mm. And that's why that's why I get invited to so many talks because I'm not trying to sell my company because I'm trying to sell basically uh, the ability, the benefit to you from doing LinkedIn. Yeah. And it's all about you. Ultimately, it's all about you. LinkedIn's about you. It's not about black marketing or about me or about you. It's about you as in you are the individual which will benefit the most by investing in LinkedIn. It's your personal brand. Ultimately, your personal brand will stay with you for the rest of your life and it's up to you to invest in it. Fantastic. And I liked what you said about giving the book away as a instead of the business card because it's, I don't know, uh, I, just, I just sent my book to the printers and I don't know how thick yours is because I read it on the Kindle, but it was less than, <laughs> less than $2 a book to print. And, uh, yeah. and so much more effective. Precisely. People will look at a business card and throw it away, whereas Precisely. a book, a Precisely. book, they've got it. <laughs> yeah. Precisely. And it'll be on their bookshelf and it'll be on their desk and they'll recommend it to other people and they'll share it with other people. And believe me, I've had so many people say to me, I've read the book or I, I was passed your book by somebody else or I've heard your audio book or I've read it on the Kindle, whatever. And it's just, that's phenomenal. Yeah. That you've actually given something back to somebody where they've actually managed to change their lives or they've thought about something because you've challenged them and you've actually stimulated thought. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's super cheap on Amazon as well. And if even if you just get... 
I, all I learned, if I learn about the background picture and put that up, I'd say that's worth the uh, the couple of bucks I spent yeah. on the book. That's for sure. And the audio and the audio book is free on Amazon at the moment because they're running a promotion. The audio book's nice. really good as well. Awesome. Uh, so, what, can you tell us uh, if you? Uh, I'm not sure how much time you got, but if you can tell us a little bit, you mentioned that you've got a an expensive uh, expensive program. Uh, what do you do for those uh, upper echelon clients? <laughs> well, I wouldn't describe it as a professional clients. I mean, I say it's expensive because I get told by people it's expensive. And we mm. deliberately put it as premium. We charge between three and five thousand Aussie dollars a month, for example. But to do that, we have four people on your account. Mm-hmm. So we have one person who will write your blogs. Mm-hmm. So they're effectively editor. So they will ghostwrite your blogs and, and then publish it. We have an account manager who will actually amplify the blogs. Because it's not just about writing it. You actually amplify it across people to make sure people read it and see it, answer comments, answer links, optimize your profile, put the background picture up, put your headline up, put a picture up, summary section, add your web links in, add your videos in, add your YouTube in, add your, your infographics in to make sure your profile looks very visual, very, very happening, and very, you know, not just words but actually lots of visuals from your website, for example. And then we'll basically have somebody who does the sales navigator. Mm-hmm. That's a real specialism. You need to know how to use sales navigator mm. to really get the most out of it. So we have a team of people at Black Marketing in Singapore who does sales navigator. And then we have an account director over everything to make sure that all the stats are coming through as well. Plus, I look at it every single week as well. So basically, you get five people nice. on your accounts for basically three and a half thousand, four thousand dollars a month. Yep. Now, if you could find someone in Australia. Uh, including superannuation uh, mm. and it, uh, bearing in mind that you have to pay them holiday pay and sick pay and superannuation they won't know how to write a blog yeah. use sales navigator and account manage linkedin at the same time because they're three different skill sets yeah yeah, exactly. you need to employ three people yeah. <laughs> so eventually you end up you have to paying about fifteen thousand dollars yeah we can just outsource it to us plus uh, to be, you know, one of the reasons why I invest so much in the things like the book is I'm a power profile in Singapore and have been for five years running, mm-hmm. a number one profile in Singapore and Australia. So basically, if you want someone who's an expert to look after your LinkedIn profile, you come to me. There's lots of people out there in Melbourne, for example, and also in Australia who are trainers on LinkedIn. But the first thing you have to do is look at their profile. Mm-hmm. If you look at their profile, they've only got a couple of thousand uh, connections. It might sound like a lot, but you look at mine, I've got 55,000. Mm-hmm. And got the book and I got the company <coughs> in which I invest, obviously on NASDAQ and the book and the power profile mm. and lots of other lots of other awards as well you have to look at who do you want looking after your exactly. LinkedIn profile yeah I'm gonna you, say, go, you yeah. go cheap you can always go cheap but ultimately you get what you pay for exactly yeah I think I'd uh, I'd deal with the guy with the uh, with the mohawk for sure <laughs> with the NASDAQ company <laughs> with the book the number one LinkedIn book absolutely so how can how can people find more about Chris Reed? I'd say if they type Chris Reed R E D into LinkedIn, <laughs> they'll probably find you. Yeah, or even Google, obviously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Love but Chris it. J Reed Mohawk into Google. Chris J Reed Singapore Google. Just Chris J Reed normally LinkedIn. It comes up obviously number one in Google as well. I tested it last week in Melbourne. It works in Melbourne. It works in Sydney. <laughs> yeah, nice. Works in Adelaide. It works in Brisbane. It works in Canberra. It works across the whole of Australia as well as Hong Kong and Singapore and everywhere else. So. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for that, Chris Reed. I've, I've learned so much, and there's a I've written down a whole bunch of notes that I need to go away and fix about my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you want to leave us with? No, just get on LinkedIn and get, get stuck into it. Get on there. Because the more you do it, the more benefit you'll get. It's gamification. It's a gamification platform. Literally, the more you do, the more you'll benefit from it. Your rankings will rise immediately. So do just get stuck into LinkedIn. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Chris. And uh, yeah, all the best with the next leg of the world tour. Pleasure. <laughs> Cheers.
listening to the Publish a Book podcast. We hope you learned something along the way. For more interviews with authors from around the world, subscribe to the podcast or visit publishabookpodcast.com.